Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. I'm your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode 73. Had such a great response from Monday's upload. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> it's the next Monday, and I wanted to hop on here sooner than later and say thank you for all of the awesome comments on YouTube, and I thought that I would read a few. There were some that weren't so awesome, but these are the awesome ones. Okay, um, this is from Abigail, and I don't think it's important to give the full YouTube um, address. Some people just have YouTube accounts so that they can actually make comments because you can't do that unless you have a YouTube account. Um, doesn't look like she's promoting anything. Her um, picture is just the letter A. So she says, no need to edit. Okay, um, much prefer the authenticity of the one take monologue. You're a great speaker and everything you talk about is interesting and ASMR with your tone and cadence and very smooth flow, which is a great talent. I actually brought up the ASMR thing to my son and he was completely grossed out. So <laughs> I didn't know that some people feel, feel that they hear that. And as soon as I said that to him, he said, so that's truly what I think ASMR is. It's that weird kind of those little tiny ticky sounds. I don't know. I hope I don't sound like that and annoy people, but I get it. I get the ASMR thing. Maybe it's just that my voice is soothing. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm completely honored with the ASMR nod. I mean, I kind of am. Um, so the next comment is from Thor. I sounded like I was from Minnesota. Doesn't matter because it's like a long name that it doesn't look like they even came up with. A lot of letters and numbers. Um, someone says, oh, that's scary. In Romania, you basically have to be on death's door before they help you. I think that's what that meant. And unfortunately, I don't have any more information on that. Um, thanks. for This is from Mandy. Uh, Mandy's 9534. Thank you for the updates. Appreciated the podcast and your authenticity. Also, you're beautiful inside and out. So no need to be self-conscious. Society sadly shames women for aging. We got to push back and embrace it. Wisdom strands, lines of laughter, wisdom strands. I never I have to think about that. Lines of laughter. It means we get this far and lived. True. Super true. Thank you for that, Mandy. Um, I did Abigail. And then I've got Jackie. Love this one from another gal over a certain age who's not always thrilled with how I look in videos and pictures versus how I kind of see myself when I look in the mirror. I hear you. However, filters and photos editing are they are fake. And girl, you are far from fake. Not to mention you look damn good, period. We've lived life and with that comes fine lines, wrinkles, scars, etc. Embrace those damn things. I thought <laughs> thought she said embrace those damn thighs okay well um those damn things we lived them we've earned them oh and i have an ig and i've seen tiktok but i don't like them so i do youtube so thanks for still coming around here for we youtubers so yes that is why i am i'm what am i what are the, what's the right word i'm like giving in um i was gonna say weakening but that's not it i'm giving in and i'm doing a youtube video like the, the lighting is so bad i mean i guess the lighting could have been a little bit better um but it is what it is i mean hey if this feels fine i might record more of them we shall see okay back to my notes here it's been a busy week honestly i have today off i don't know what holiday is it's president's day maybe we get two mondays off in a row in february and um this is one of them, and it was. it's always so nice to have a three-day weekend, but of course, I don't get paid on these days, so 
it's nice, but it's also like no pay, which stinks. Um, oh, I was listening to the last podcast. I have to say I hated it. I really did. I didn't like it. I didn't like how I sounded like I was forgetting details. And really, I should do a little bit more brushing up on the story prior to recording. I just walked in here and recorded and I didn't give it a lot of um, pre-thought. And I definitely was getting lost in details with the story about the most recent. In fact, I haven't even listened to it again since it first came out. So I think I did tell you guys about this person. I think <laughs> the basketball coach person. Um, and I was trying to go all over with details and, um, oh yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I remember it now. And I, as if they matter, as if anyone's going to, uh, fact check any of this. I, and I don't, it's like an OCD thing. It's like, I feel like I have to give every detail as exactly as it happened, including like almost time of day. It's really dumb. I don't know why I do that. But when I listened back at the podcast, it bothered me that I was so hung up on details being right and then remembering things after I thought it was one day, one way and then getting further into the story and then things would like pop into my head. I'm like, oh no, this is how it happened. So I apologize. You know, I wish I had done better on that one, but it is what it is. Um, so, hey, speaking of dating, and yes, I've seen him more. Um, and that's all I'm saying because I I'm not ready to share this part of my life with him yet. And I don't know if he will eventually find this. And I just don't want to be talking about him because he's, I like him. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, more about him another time. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how much more I want to say because it's not like it's exclusive or anything, but in a way it is like physically it is. I think that's kind of what we talked about a little bit last time. So, um, you know, and I, I think I believe him. I do. So um, I don't know if it will go anywhere more. I have no idea, but I just don't. Yeah. So that's enough about that. Um, I had talked about Winnie and oh, somebody made a comment to me that they, I, and I, don't, I thought I was going to read that comment, but then I never did. I didn't see it when I was going through my comments. Is this it? Oh yeah. The way I feel about you is the same way you feel about Winnie. Laugh out loud. This is, um, Ings the Pings at Ings the Pings. It just makes me so happy to see a new podcast. Love everything you do. Thank you so much. And I put the crying emoji. I'm like, thank you. I mean, it's true. I, because I feel that way every time I see Winnie has a new TikTok. I've actually just gone on her TikTok page and just watched video after video. And when she does the ones where she's being silly and like using um, a sound for the video and it's not her talking and telling a story. I just pass those. Like, I'm not even interested in those. I want to hear her talk and tell me stories all about her life because she's so entertaining and down to earth. And I just, you know, I, I love that about her. So anyways, she had shared with us, um, that she had gone out with this guy on TikTok and it was going really well. And she was really excited and she was telling us all about it. And then she comes back and says that I guess his friends, told him about her account. And so it was over. Like he, I guess he wrote her like a super long message and she was afraid to open it. How would you know that it was super long unless you opened it? I don't know. Anyways, she, that's the case. Anyway, she said it was really long and she was afraid to open it, but that his friends found her TikTok, told him and he told her that I guess he didn't like that or whatever. He wasn't into that kind of thing. So she was a little upset. She felt bad about it. Um, but it wasn't going to stop her from doing her, her stories. I mean, she, no one knows who this person is. No one knows who he is. He's anonymous completely. 
no picture, no name, nothing. We have no description other than that he was 23, I think. He was younger than her. And I think he was a little bit shorter than her. But it turns out <laughs> she found out later because there were some like odd behaviors that he had anyways by, I guess he had left, well, he spent the night without really... Um, I don't know. It was, he just, he was pushing the, pushing the topic. And she said, she said, fine, actually, I don't have anything going on the next day. And her son was with his dad. So she allowed him to spend the night, but then she was having trouble getting him to leave the next day. And so she was kind of like trying to come up with reasons as to things she needed to do so that he would leave. And I guess he left, but then he came back and he asked if he could use her shower. And she said, I'm like, okay. Okay. And so like he did, but he had a, his bag with him. And she said he had like all the things that you would have to use a shower at home, like, you know, body soap and shampoo and conditioner, like everything you need. Anyways, she found out he was homeless. So freaking homeless. So, you know, good riddance for her. Anyways, this guy was not it for her. She's actually like, you know, bought her own home at 29 years old. I know she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, so it's not as expensive, but still the girl is making good money. Um, she was really smart and stayed in her parents' house till she was 29 and saved up and she bought her own house for her and her son. So I think that's commendable. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to continue to watch, watch her. She recently talked about the fact that she was really down because she said she's never been, I just, I don't think she's ever really felt that somebody's loved her back truly. And that's so sad. And she said that she, um, she's just never been that girl to get a guy. And so it's always been, I guess the baby daddy thing. I'm not sure. It sounds like he was kind of a loser or something. And anyways, she ended up having his kid, but I don't think it was much of a relationship. So anyways, um, where was I going with that? Um, yeah. Oh, she's going to continue to be on TikTok and talk. I'm not stoned. Um, she's going to continue to talk about it on TikTok. Um, no, there's more to it than that. Mm, mm. I don't know. Can't remember. I lost my train of thought. Mm, oh, well. Moving on. Um, I got a link from Linktree. Not a link. I got an email from Linktree. And they have these new things that they're suggesting that you add your link tree. And one of them was to have people that follow you buy you a coffee for five bucks or have people um, buy a gift for you for 10. So I added both the links to my link tree for fun. And I shared it in my story. And I said, um, you know, if anyone wants to buy me a coffee, I will absolutely take that money, go to Starbucks or somewhere where I haven't been, buy a coffee that I've never had, and I will share it on my story and I will tag you. So I've been spending this last week doing that and it's been super fun. I um, really only drink McDonald's coffees and they're a dollar and I do the large and I do two creams, two sugars. It's honestly super boring, but I like it. Um, and I do like my home coffee when I do like a um, one of the little, what do you call them? I was going to say capsules. I always say in, in the moment of like doing this, I'm trying to think of the word, but I don't want to like take forever to think of it because it's boring to hear me think of a word. So I usually just give up. And, and then of course, as soon as I'm done recording, it comes to me, but it's funny how many people will send me messages going, it had to have been that word. Um, coffee, you know, cups, the K cups, whatever. So anyways, I like my coffee at home and, um, but I wanted to, is, this was sort of like an idea to get people you know, to feel more connected with me for one thing, because I was going to post their at on my story to show my appreciation also for them buying me a coffee and to try new coffees and share that on 
Instagram. And I also ask people to give me like their coffee ideas because I don't, um, I don't really uh, know what to order. And I really don't want sugary coffees. So I, I want something pretty simple, but I don't want black coffee either. So the first one was, I and people did, they, they were sending me money for coffees. So, and I still have like a good, at least six coffees that I can buy with the money that I've been sent. So I, um, I went to Starbucks and I got a, it wasn't a latte or was it a latte? It's basically coffee with whipped oat milk blended through it. And it felt, it was a grande, but it felt really light. It didn't have any sugar in it. And at first I was like, Ooh, it's kind of like, I think I need some sugar. And then I was like, no, actually it's kind of good. It was just sort of milky kind of, you know, like hot milk, but with a little bit of a coffee flavor. That was nice, but I still felt like the drink in general was mostly froth inside. Not mostly, but a lot of it. Like it wasn't a full cup of coffee. Um, and I don't know if that's the norm when you get that. I don't think that was a cappuccino. I don't think so. Like, I don't know what these things are called. I seriously don't. Um, I No, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe it was a cappuccino or a latte. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know which one it was. Anyways, and I know that you all know out there, but I just don't. And I get nervous when I go to Starbucks and have to like order these things because especially um, in person, because I'm, I'm afraid they're going to ask me questions and I don't know how to answer it. I really do have like, um, coffee shop anxiety. I just like people bringing me black coffee and me dressing it up however I like. Um, cause I feel like there's so many Starbucks snobs that know their shit. And then like I come in and I don't know anything. I just feel like an imposter. So I, um, I got that. That was good. It was, you know, I actually didn't add sugar to it. It was fine. And then the next one I got, I looked up most popular drinks on at Starbucks and the number one most popular drink is a caramel, brulee latte. So I'm like, sounds delicious. I'll order it. So I order that. Oh my God. That was just pure sugar and cream. I don't know how people drink this every day. It was so sweet. And to me, it just tasted like a melted milkshake. I'm like, oh, this has got to be like 5,000 calories. Who is drinking this shit every day? So what I did is I just went home and I made my own black coffee. And then I added that to my black coffee. And I've continued to do that. I did it again today. I'm like, I'm not drinking this whole thing. Like for breakfast? No, this is just, it's too sugary. So that was not, um, that was not so good. And then I did a McDonald's coffee and then somebody recommended, um, Arthur Charles. He's a friend of mine in Florida who's HIV positive. And he sent me enough for three drinks. He asked if we had the, because I guess in Florida they have this, the honey lavender uh, pump or whatever, the sugar that they add to the syrup. It's a syrup. That's it. I hate saying pump. It always, Can I have two pumps? I don't know. I hate saying that. Um, anyways, he's. He, I guess they have that in Florida. I've asked people if they have that around here and I had somebody even look it up on the Starbucks app and nobody could find it. I feel like I've heard of it though before. Like, I feel like I've seen that somewhere, but I don't know. Maybe it was just a specific Starbucks that had it. So I'm going to try to hunt that down because that does sound good. It sounds better in tea though, um, but he has it in coffee and I think he does oat milk and something else. I have it saved. So I'm going to look for that. So anyways, if anybody wants to buy me a coffee, that's on Instagram and it's on my link tree. Pause Jen, P-O-Z-J-E-N-N is my link tree. Um, and that is included in my notes to this podcast as well. Um, I also talked about on my, on Instagram, I bought some new high top vans and actually I am 
filming this right now for my YouTube people. Like I said earlier, these are my vans. I love, love, love them. Um, I, I've never been a girly girl. I just haven't. I'm already super tall. I was actually measured on Friday. I uh, had an annual exam. I went there. I thought it was for something else. I went to see my HIV doctor and I didn't, I don't know why. We'd even talked about it like a month and a half before that I was going to come back for a pap smear. But anyways, I wasn't prepared for it mentally. When I got there, I thought we were there to talk about it has something to do with my red blood cells and it wasn't that and I don't have thalassemia which somebody had suggested that I have because of my red blood cells being more flat I get like uh, it gets flagged every time I do my blood uh, something about my red blood cells my body produces or my bone marrow or whatever produces more red blood cells um, every 90 days than the average bear, I guess. I don't know, but I, I produce more of them. And so she's not sure why. So she asked me, number one, do I drink? I was like, no. Um, and then she asked me, um, well, she looked up thalassemia and it turns out it wasn't that I do not have that. Um, and then she asked me, um, oh my gosh, what was the other thing? We're thinking it's probably just the medication, the ARV that I take. It's probably having that effect because she said she has seen that before, but she just wanted to rule out other things. Oh yeah, like my iron and everything was fine. This all started with me talking about vans. But anyways, my point is, is that I got <laughs> measured for my height. God, I'm able to like reel it back. I got measured for my height and I am 5'10 and three quarters. So I've shrunk an entire inch since high school, basically. I used to be 5'11 and three quarters. I always knew that I was just a smidge under an inch. So my point to that is, and by the way, I didn't know I was having a pap and I was, and I was like, <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. I hope everything looks okay down there. I was somewhat prepared, but you know, you want to be tidy and clean and oh my God. she's like, everything's fine. Don't worry. It's just it's so awkward. But anyways, um, being tall, I do not like wearing heels. I do not like dressing girly girly. I don't know if that being tall had anything to do with that, but it never felt comfortable or right. Even carrying a purse never felt comfortable or right. Like a backpack felt normal, any kind of like small backpack, but a long, you know, purse with a long string, the, those, no, um, the bag, the doctor bag type. I tried that. It felt so wrong. It felt like someone strapped a wiener on me. I mean, not, not that there's an analogy between men carrying those bags, but well, I guess if it was a doctor bag, but like, you know what I mean? Like it felt that wrong. Like it didn't feel right at all. So, um, I love these shoes because they are, they're very, um, athletic looking boy, like they're skateboard, uh, you know, that's like the skateboard attire out here in Santa Cruz. I mean, it's everywhere, you know, that kind of look, which the thing is, is that I know it's a very youthful look, but I know there's a lot of guys my age that still dress with beanies and vans and sweatshirts and, and it's fine. And I feel like super comfortable in them. So anyways, and the other great thing about them, I'm going to show them again on my YouTube channel. Um, see like this covers my heel all the way around. So the low tops go below your heel. And the problem with that is that when it's cold, yes, it gets cold in California. We've had some 37 degree mornings. Um, if my ankles are exposed because, you know, I have like skinny jeans on or whatever that are tight all the way down the, the angle that just that skin being exposed between the bottom of your pants and the top of your, you know, shoe on the ankle length heel, um, or shoe, whatever that's called, um, on the vans uh, that, um, makes me cold. It, it does. It makes me cold for sure. So I've noticed that having my ankles covered with this material has been keeping my toesies really warm. And I'm really happy about that. Like, I feel like I've had a whole new outlook on 
working in the morning in the cold. I'm like, I feel like I've got snow boots on. And I always thought vans had terrible insulation. And maybe they do. And I think Converse do. I think they're, it's like, yeah, they're basically made for summer. Your feet don't stay warm in those. Um, a lot of times the classrooms I'm in aren't that well heated or they heat them in the morning and then there's no heat later. And so they get freaking cold. And um, my feet would always be like cold. I was just used to walking around with cold feet all day. So um, the, they are not cold with these vans. And so I don't think it's the vans. I think it was my ankles being exposed to the elements. Honestly, I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, um, another uh, segue here. Speaking of subbing and classrooms, this is this story. My God, I'm, we're still suffering from it right now. So the other night I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'm so tired as per usual. Like that just, you know, hits me around 930 just because I get up early for work. And once that sets in, you're just ready, right? You're just ready to like brush your teeth. You're like, if I could give anything to just snap my fingers right now and not have to go through the nighttime, nighttime routine and just be like in bed, without even having to do all that stuff. You know how many nights a week I think that and I'm like, oh, I gotta, gotta go upstairs and I gotta do this. I gotta do that before I can go to bed. So, but I was ready. Brain was ready. Body was ready. I just wanted to be in bed, even though it wasn't even 10 o'clock. I, I think it was close to it. Uh, again, here I go with me thinking that the details are going to make some freaking difference. Like someone's going to even be able to know what time I actually went to bed a week ago. But anyways, uh, it's in my head. I swear it's an OCD thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, we have to go upstairs, me and Finn, we have this little routine. And if I don't do it, he stands there and looks at me like I'm crazy. So I, um, open, I always open the front door and he runs outside and I walk out right behind him. Cause if I don't, he will run over to everybody else's lawn. Like he'll run as far as he wants. He does not care. I mean, he would eventually come back, but I have to basically go out right after him and stand on the sidewalk and face the house and kind of barricade him. Like, don't you think you're going anywhere? Cause you're not. So he already knows when he knows I'm on the sidewalk that there is no, you know, messing with me. And, um, like homie, don't play that. You're going back in Finn as soon as you like lift your leg a few times. So he gets all the XSP out and we do this routine every single night. Um, I think there have been nights where it was really cold and I was like, didn't I just have you out in the backyard? Like, are you kidding? You're going to make us go out or it's a little rainy or whatever. No, if it's raining, he's going to, he won't do it anyways. Um, but there have been nights like that where I felt like maybe I'd walked him late or something. It's like, we don't need to do this. You just went a lot, like a little while ago, but in his little dog brain, it's a step that he doesn't want to pass. And so, because it's his little, like, it's exciting for him to go outside of the house. So, um, I was, I don't think I was going to bypass it or anything, but I was on my way over to the door I open the door. Finn loves it. He flies out the front door. It's like the only time he's ever allowed to fly out the front door. One time there was somebody walking their dog outside at like 1030 at night, 1045 at night. And I didn't know it. And I let him out and he went running at the other dog, scared the shit out of the lady walking her dog, scared the dog. They yelled at me. I was, or she yelled at me. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't realize anyone would even be out this late. I mean, that's really not the norm around here. Everybody seems to walk their dogs early in the morning and then like sometime in the, like, right, like after work. Um, so I, you know, and Finn's harmless. He wouldn't have done anything, but he's gonna like, he's gonna run around them and kind of act crazy for a second. And then he'll usually like, even the fur will be sticking up 
sticking up. And then him, he may like run somewhere else and kick grass up everywhere and act real tough, but he's not going to do anything. But no one knows that. Of course, you have a dog running at you from nowhere and out of nowhere and you can't tell what kind of dog it is. He's about, he's a medium small dog and he's black. He's a chihuahua mix, but um, you just never want to take the chance with any dog, right? So anyways, um, I, but I've, it's been so long since that happened that I kind of forgot about it. So I just let him do his thing and I always open the door and let him run out and then I walk out right behind him. Well, I open the front door <laughs> and this has happened one other time. I don't remember if I talked about it on one of my earlier podcasts or not. So um, if so, it's kind of a repeat a bit, but some of it is not. So I open the front door and there is a Pepe Le Pew on the front porch and he's, there's no cat food on the front porch anymore because, well, baby kitty hasn't come back in like two months and I don't feed Toby on the front porch. So there's no reason to have cat food on the front porch. So I don't even know what brought this MFR onto my front porch, but there he was, adorable little Pepe Le Pew, Finn just beeline immediately. I mean, he only had to go like, oh my God. My alarm just went off on my phone, which, okay, that's fine. My alarm just went off on my phone, which made my, um, my phone stopped recording me and I'm going to re-record because that's going to be on YouTube also. So anyways, of course, right in the middle of the story. Um, that is my own fault. I set an alarm for something and I wasn't even thinking, you know what I set the alarm for? For um, cleaning my ceilings and getting the cobwebs off. Like that was my alarm to remind myself to go do that right now. I'll do it later. Anyways. Um, so yeah, he takes literally three steps super fast right at the skunk. That skunk was not expecting Finn. I mean, how could he have been? He's minding his own damn business on our porch, sniffing around underneath this like wooden chair that's on the on the porch. And my porch is very small. It's just a little tiny cement porch. It's real small. It's just enough for us to walk out onto and have maybe have a couple plants off to the left. Anyways, oh my God, he didn't even take it. The whole thing happened so fast. It makes me wonder how skunks are ever, ever eaten by any other animals. He got Finn so fast. It was like Finn ran after him, like door open, like in under a second, Finn is like right there next to Mr. Skunk. And he spun around, I guess he must have, or he was already facing that direction. I don't even know. Uh, it was dark out. So it was hard to tell, but I did see his big plume of a tail. And, and I knew right away, oh boy, it's almost like I heard, you know, in the public bathrooms where the dispenser makes that noise where either the soap comes out of it or the hand sanitizer, it makes that noise, that electric noise where it comes out one little, you know, for one application or whatever. That's what I swear I heard come out of the skunk's ass or whatever, wherever that smell comes out of. He, yeah, he shot that right at Finn. And it, I was like, in the moment, had no idea what to do because you know, you know, the smell is so intense. And if it's right there at your front door with the front doors open, it's coming in right away. So I shut the door and I smell it right away. I'm like, and it's not this. What's really interesting is it's not the skunk smell that you smell on the freeway. That smells like weed. This because it's up close, smells like a chemical almost. It's really intense and it isn't fun. It isn't good, but it's a different smell up close. It's, but it's so strong. It's so strong. I would say it's definitely pungent. That would be a good word to explain that smell, 
Um, it's funny because I have a friend in Australia who has never been to the United States and he says he has no idea what skunks smell like because they don't, they don't exist in Australia. Isn't that weird? As we have no idea what a kangaroo on the freeway looks like because we have none of them here. I just think that's, I can't imagine like, you know, not knowing what a skunk smells like because it's just part of like being an American. So anyways, I shut the door and then I'm like, and I'm part of me is like annoyed with the dog. Like you, I cannot believe you just did that. Like, don't you know by now that those black and white animals don't mess around? Like, why are you jumping at them? Didn't you learn from the last time this happened? Like, they're pretty obvious, Finn. Like, that tail is a dead giveaway. How are you not remembering that from the last time? Because this exact same scenario has happened before. And it's been a couple years. And I really got used to letting him go out. And after that, after that last time, um, I was putting a leash on him and walking him out to do his little business and then bringing him right back in because I was afraid of the opening the door and him, you know, lunging at a skunk again. So, and by the way, skunky was not hurt in any way. Finn never touched him or anything, but, um, and he, I did see a little face too. I mean, for like a split second after he sprayed Finn, Finn ran, like I didn't even see him. He took off and I saw, I saw his cute little skunk face. They're so damn cute. They are, if I could have a skunk, oh my God, I know that you can get them D whatever scented. Um, there's a guy that on TikTok, he's got a really strange voice, this guy, but he's got a skunk and it's descented and it's so cute because they do that thing where like they stomp and then they scratch their little paws in the ground it's like they're pl- I don't know if it's plain or it's they're like they're trying to show how big they are and I don't know they're just it's cute it's really fun to see a skunk in that um kind of environment in someone's house because and I think he has rabbits too or something the skunk kind of plays with his other animals because when have we ever been able to watch stuff like that um, before TikTok, like, and now we get to see all these exotic animals in people's homes. So Finn takes off. I slam the door because I'm immediately thinking bad, uh, horrible smell is going to enter home. And, and then I'm like, oh, a dog and I have to go to bed. That was my plan right now was to go to bed. What am I going to do? And I know everyone says the tomato juice, the baking soda, mixture. I know. Yeah. I got a million messages when I posted this on my Instagram as if I was born yesterday. Like it's funny that people don't realize I'm 52 and I, I know about the tomato juice and I know about the baking soda. But anyways, it was probably between Finn's eyes. So there was no need to do a full body. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think they have pretty accurate aim. I mean, maybe there was little spritz that got on his coat on the back. Like I have obviously have no idea. He's jet black. I mean, I, you can't see it. So I call Owen cause I don't know what else to do. I'm like, Owen and Owen has his headphones in 24 seven. So he, um, he, I'm checking to make sure this is recording. Yes, it is. So he doesn't respond. And then I'm like, okay, the dog might need help. And I'm, I've just shut the door. Oh, and the other thing is, well, do I go back out on the porch, walk through, the stench that is probably just hanging in my porch area, walk right through it. And then it's all going to be stuck to me. Cause uh, I've been around enough skunks. I picked, I helped like move a dead one off the road and the smell stuck. It stuck to me. Like it was stuck to me for like hours. There's something in that chemical compound that is super sticky and it it's a very strong, I would say bond. I'm not a chemist, but I did do chemistry and I, I, there's something about it that it does stick and it lingers for a really long time. Um, so I find it kind of fascinating that it, it does that. So anyways, I don't know what to do because the skunk could still be there. I don't want to walk through the stench. Um, so I, 
proceed to go in through the house and out the slider down the driveway. Hey, if I see the skunk, I see the skunk. I mean, as long as I'm not coming after him, I don't think he's going to do anything. Plus, I think once that um, comes out, I don't think they reproduce more of it for a while. So I don't think he could have double skunked us or anything. So I can't find Finn. I finally, I'm walking around, Finn, Finn. I finally see him over on someone's lawn, just wiping his face all over the place. And then he's running to the next lawn and rubbing his face all over the place. And I'm like, oh God, poor guy. So I don't know what to do because I know the second I bring him in, that smell is coming in with him. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be a night. I mean, this is what happened this other time it happened. And I had to just sleep with the skunk smell in my room. I mean, it was, it was awful. And I, I slept, you know, I, I dreamt about it all night or I, I was aware of it all night while I was sleeping, I should say. So I, I pick up the dog that is probably how it got on my, I'm just thinking about my jacket now. Okay. I'm putting some pieces together. So I pick him up and I go through the garage and he wants to immediately jump in the house. I'm like, no, 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 you don't. You're going to stay in the garage right now. So I shut the door. Um, I keep him in the garage and he's starting to like already start barking because he's, he's a baby. He's a little baby and he can't handle being away from his mommy. So, um, I, I think I got a towel. That's it. I got a towel so I could just at least wrap him in the towel and then bring him up into Joey and Ryan's bathroom, which they are not using, obviously, because they're not living here at the moment. And um, I put him in the bathtub because I don't know what else to do with him. And everything smells. And I'm like, okay. So I get, uh, I had some wet wipes that were like, you know, for your bum. And so I'm using that between his eyes, rubbing it, you know, hoping like this... <laughs> will make some difference that I'll be able to wipe it off. And I gave him a towel. I th did I get him wet? No, I didn't. In the bath, I think I just did some, like, I tried to just with a wet washcloth, like, you know, wipe off what might be there between his eyes. Again, I couldn't see anything. So then I put him on the floor. He's rubbing his face all over this towel in the bathroom. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I can just leave him in the bathroom. Of course, I know that's not going to work. Like maybe I could leave him in the bathroom during the night with a towel. And part of me is like, you sort of deserve it. I sort of feel like punishing you also, but I know he's a dog and he didn't do it on purpose. So I go in the room and I shut him in there more so because I'm trying to just figure out how to handle this. Like, cause I know he's going to get on my bed and he's going to start rubbing himself all over my stuff. So I lay down a blanket that he can get dirty if he wants to. It's like his blanket and he likes to sleep under my covers. So I'm thinking, okay, well he can just sleep under this blanket. And then I put down a towel on top of the blanket, like a uh, not like the best towel, but like one that I took out of the garage that I use for our feet when it's raining so we can step on it when we get in the house just to, you know, get any residual uh, wetness off our feet. So I got one of those towels from the garage. I put that on the bed and then I put him on the bed and he's got his tail between his legs. Like he knows, you know, it, this is not a great situation. Even he is very aware of that. And so he sits on the couch or the bed and like looks at me and I decide to go brush my teeth. Um, and finish getting ready for bed. And like Owen comes out of his room. Oh my God, it smells so bad. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, try being in my room. Like I'm in the thick of it right now. It's all around me. And it's, you know, past 10. I don't know. It was like 1025 at this point or something. 1030. Uh, there I go with the exact details. 1025, 1027. Um, and I, I'm not going to wash my hair tonight because my hair takes a lot of work. I mean, it's it, it does. It just takes like a good hour to do it. I have to 
recurl it and um, you know have it dry naturally, and then I have to curl it all over, and it's just it's just work. Plus the shower and everything, and then go to bed with wet hair. You know, it was too late. I was just like, forget it. So I'm just gonna go to bed with the dog on the bed, and I will um, change my clothes in the morning, and um, I'll go to work. So I go to bed. I I dream of skunks all night, and f oh, before oh, that's the other thing. So I'm brushing my teeth. And I hear Finn making noise on the bed. I go over. He's rubbing his freaking face and his body upside down, feet in the air, like he's laughing at me all over my pillow, all over my freaking pillow. And so I go, Finn, stop it. And I like make him sit back towards the end of the bed where my feet are. Of course, during the middle of the night, he ended up under the covers because, of course, he's Finn and he gets to sleep where he wants. <laughs> Otherwise, he barks at me. So the pillowcase, you think you'd think I would have changed it. I didn't. I don't know why. I didn't even flip my pillow over. I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I sniffed it and it didn't smell, but that was probably because the smell was so strong that I just couldn't even tell if it was on there or not. Clearly it was. I mean, it had to have been. I Maybe I flipped it over, but I don't remember doing that. Anyways, somehow I went to bed on that pillow. Um, so I get ready. I go to work the next day and I'm, I happen to be at Aptos High, which is where Owen um, goes, and I'm doing a culinary class. And I, I'm in there for like about a half an hour before class started. And I wanted to get everything all set up with the, um, the, the TV and stuff. They were going to watch a YouTube documentary on uh, wasting food. And so um, the kids are starting to trickle in. They're uh, mainly like sophomores, juniors. I don't think I had any seniors. Anyways, they're trickling in. There's about 10 kids in the room. And I eat this girl walks in with her Starbucks and her little, you know, uh, bippy top you know the stomach showing she's in perfect shape super cute girl like the girl I always wanted to be and she goes oh my god what is that smell in here it smells like shit like I'm like and I'm like right away going oh, oh, oh no and this other girl goes it smells like a skunk I'm like and right away, I'm like, I have to confess. I have to confess. I go, it's me. It's me. I'm so sorry. It's me. I'm so sorry. It's in my hair. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, I'll take my jacket off. Maybe it's my jacket. So I take my jacket off and I hang it outside because I'm thinking that's probably what it is. It, it can't be my hair. Well, no, the smell never, ever went away all day in the class. I had to explain to every single class that came in that <laughs> my dog was skunked. It's in my hair. I'm really sorry. I smell and, um, and, uh, I really apologize <laughs> for the smell. There was nothing I could do about it. It was kind of embarrassing, but kind of not. Oh, and then I go work at the after school program after and around, you know, mostly 20 year olds that take that, you know, are like their teachers for the after school program. And they're all really nice. And Denise, who I work with in the office, and she's also, she's also very nice, but I asked them at the end of the night and me again, thinking it was my jacket, but I thought if I hung it up at Aptos High outside for the majority of that morning afternoon, that smell was going to be gone. So I brought my jacket in the office at, um, at my other job and at the end of the day, I asked them if they could smell skunk and they all said they could smell it. I was like, oh my God, it is on my jacket. So then I, the next night or the, maybe that night, whatever, I put my jacket in the dryer with dryer sheets thinking this is going to do it. The heat, the dryer sheets, why I'm not washing it. I think because it's a um, down jacket, I wasn't, I'm afraid to, cause I don't want to ruin the down. So I, um, I do that thinking the dryer sheets definitely helped and that it, the heat helped. So 
on Saturday night, we went to a basketball game and it was packed. We were sitting in the student section kind of by accident. I didn't realize we were going to be like, and I felt so stupid because I was the only one that had a foldable chair, like one of those really nice chairs with like the armrests and everything. And the students are so packed in this area. They were not when we got there. There was plenty of room, but I didn't realize again, we were in the student section. So as they were like coming in, all the Aptos High students were getting crammed in. And like, I could, I like, I'm having to sit with my knees open because the the person in front of me is literally like sitting between my legs. I mean, there's like no way to even put my knees together because they would be right in his like neck or his back. So I, um, anyways, that's just how tight the seating was. And I felt really stupid that I had my chair. So at halftime, I got rid of it. I put it in the hallway. I was so embarrassed anyway. Um, so I had my jacket because it was pretty warm in there. Obviously bodies are close and it was just warm in general. And I had a sweatshirt on underneath my Aptos high sweatshirt, but I had had that down jacket on first. So I took it off at the game thinking, I mean, just for the slight possibility that anybody could smell skunk on it, I'm going to roll it up in a ball and put it behind my, um, like below my feet, you know, like right below my seat there behind my, my feet. And sure enough, like halfway through the game, somebody says, it smells like a skunk. <laughs> Do you, of course, it's girls again. Do you smell that? It stinks. And my daughter is like, oh my God, mom, your jacket. So um, both of them were totally embarrassed, Owen and Joey. So I took um, the jacket and washed it and it's fine now. I should have done that. But the house still smells weird. The house smells at this point like, um, like a mechanic's garage. It smells like oil, kind of. And um, I keep spraying, you know, like disinfectant and opening up the windows. I did. I slept all night the second night with all the windows open. It happened to be kind of a warm night for um, California in the winter. And I just doubled up on the blankets and stuff. But I thought that would fix it. But it didn't. And then I looked it up online. It says it can take anywhere from like one to two weeks, <laughs> even as bad as like one to two months. I don't know, depending on the severity of the, how much got in the house. So, um, yeah, it's better. I mean, it, it like, I don't notice it until I leave the house and then come back in and then I'm like, Oh, I still smell something is off. So yeah, that was the skunk story. Oh my gosh. What a freaking nightmare. Okay. Let's check time here. Um, because I kind of wanted to, hmm, I can tell it. Okay. I wanted to tell, I had recently gone into Snapfish and was, um, looking at old photos of me and Eric, the one that I got HIV from. And it's just fun to kind of like look back when we met. And I was also looking for some, um, content to do some TikToks. So I found some you know, I know what the photos are from that time. There weren't that many of them. And this is really before social media. I don't, did I just had a Facebook then, but I would not have posted any of that on Facebook. So these photos were just, um, from, I think they were from a phone. I don't think they were from a camera. I'm pretty sure. Unless who knows, I could have had like a little tiny floppy disk and stuck that in somewhere and uploaded the photos to the computer. I think that's how we used to do it. And then Snapfish would get them that way. I don't know. Anyway, um, I had, um, these pictures of Eric and it brought me back to that time when we met. And so I was going to talk about the craziness of the first summer that we met, which was 2009. Um, I rekindled our thing or we rekindled our thing 
he reached out to me in 2012, at the very end of 2012, and then we got back together or whatever, re- actually became a couple for the first time in 2013, because we were not a couple in 2009. But anyways, we met on the beach in 2009. Finn is bothering me. There's probably nothing there. He does this. And he's not blind. He just saw something a while ago, and he's just still mad about it, so he just keeps barking. So, Hey, Finn! Hey! And then he, he amplifies. He gets like the boo, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then some, sometimes, and especially if we make fun of him, he'll do it even like more intense. But he's, he's like perfecting this bark and a howl together, which is so grating on your nerves. It's so annoying when you're close by. It's like, it's one of those things right here. I could live without this, but then you're like, I don't want anything to happen to him. But that barking just grates on my nerves. I can't stand it. Finn! You're good. It's all good. So we met on the beach actually here where I live in 2009. And it was exciting. I thought he was gorgeous. He saw me on the beach. He, you know, waved me over. We sat and talked on the beach for a little bit. And, you know, all of our friends, he was at a 25 year, I think 25 year um, high school reunion from, he went to school over in San Jose, high school in San Jose. And he was currently living in San Clemente. And all I knew is that he was a single dad and he gave me his version of his kind of woe is me story that he wasn't around his kids. He has four kids that, you know, ex-wife packed them up overnight and, you know, took everything out of the house and moved to a different state where her sister was. She basically and left him with nothing. And then he lost his job as a fireman because he had had two DUIs in like two weeks because of his anguish of his ex leaving him. But obviously he did something wrong for her to leave like that. And he said, yes, she found out I cheated on her. So anyways, of course, me just, you know, newly single, having been, you know, living in my house for nine years, raising kids, being around a super, super good looking guy like this, I was like, you know, I didn't, there was no red flags to me. It was like, I didn't care. I just wanted to hang out with him. Even if maybe he had done something wrong. He's single now. I don't care. I want to hang out with him. So we had, um, some fun times. So I, I, we did hang out that weekend and we exchanged information, obviously. And then he really wanted me to come down to San Clemente. And he's like, you've got to come down. You've got to come down. We'll have a blast. And so um, I get down there. And, you know, of course, those weekends, whenever I went down there, it was probably like three times that I went down there, was all about drinking, playing music, singing, him playing the guitar, you know, playing like this, the music that we grew up with, you know, like rock and roll and stuff. Um and, and, uh, Green Day and, and I'm trying to think of what else. And he was playing, um, Green Day on the guitar and it was just, he, I learned like 21 guns. He was playing that. And it was like so exciting to like watch this guy. I'm like, he's playing the guitar and he surfs and he's so good looking. And I, he was just a single guy to me. It was hard to believe that he was a dad of four, um, because, and, and that he was a firefighter, but he wasn't anymore because he got in trouble and it was all the what was me stuff. So anyways, I get down there, he lives in a two bedroom, place with his friend Sam and actually it was the three bedroom. That's right. It was three bedroom. Um, Sam was in one room. Eric was in another one. And I will tell you in a second who was in the third. Um, so, and he lived a block from the beach. There's a very popular place in San Clemente where people get married right above the ocean. And there's a white, I don't think it's a church. 
It's not. It's like a little white building and you get all your pictures taken out there and everything. I, I can't think of the name of this beach. Um, there's a trail that runs along in San Clemente that goes all the way down the coast or like down the beaches. And this trail runs across this beach. Also, anyways, my point is, because I wish if I knew the name of it, I could tell you and then you'd know where he lived basically. But it was, he lived right up the street from this beach. And so it was just like, let's grab the beach chairs, you know, make some sandwiches, as he would say, you know, mix some road sodies and we'll go down to the beach and that's alcohol, you know, hidden in something else. And uh, just have a great time. We'll bring the guitar. We'll sing. You know, it's everything was like, it was magical to me. I was so sucked into this fun time because back at home, the reality was, is that I had three small kids and I had to try to figure out how to make this all work. I had an ex-husband who had a family that hated me, including him at that time, but I'm not going to get into the reasons why I left him, but I needed a break from all of that. And this felt like such a great escape. Um, every once in a while. And I was, oh, and at that time, my ex had a girlfriend. And so I felt like my kids were in good hands because I knew she was around. And so I wasn't totally freaking out about driving eight hours um, down the coast of California to visit him. Um, but anyways, so the first day I get there, he says, we've got to show you our grow room. So he's very proud of it. I'm just going to keep talking, even though Finn's being annoying. So the grow room. So he opens up this and the back, this is back in 2009. Um, weed is only okay if, um, and I live near Santa Cruz, it was, um, if it was medically approved. So you'd have to have some kind of approval from a doctor or the weed doctor to get weed back then. You could not legally grow a plant. I think it was like, there might've been a thing where you could grow like two plants or something. Anyways, they had a Ill very, very illegal amount of plants growing in this third bedroom. They had, I mean, he, they opened up the door and it was like the, um, the show weeds was done at this point, but I had just watched it recently and it was just like, I'm really this dog thing. And I, if I'm going to just shut this door here. Hopefully that'll help. Um, so I had watched Weeds, and of course he makes a joke about Weeds. He opens the door, and it's like Shangri-La. I mean, there's there's the trees are the trees. The plants were huge, and there's fans blowing in there, so all the plants are like waving around. You know, it feels like it looks very tropical. The smell is super intense, and if you like to smoke weed, you know everyone knows how that smells when you walk into a <laughs> a small room full of heated um, plants. Yeah, and there's like lamps in there. So all of this, the smell is intensified because of the heat from the lamps. There was, um, I don't know how they got the exhaust system because you have to have, um, it, the air needs to be moving. And so it has to have a way to get out. I don't remember how they figured that out. Anyways, it was, it was quite the setup. It was crazy. And I don't know. And they were so proud of it. They like go in there and they'd like, you know, look at me, Jen, look at us. Oh my God, it's crazy. And I'd be like, I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, these guys are so crazy. And like, wow, look what they do. They grow weed illegally. And oh my God, I'm in a place where there's like a bunch of weed being grown. There was probably, I think there was like 20 plants altogether. And then, you know, he's showing me like, I remember him showing me like different parts of the plant and like him acting like he knew so much about it. Maybe he did, but this is so typical of Eric where he acts like an expert in everything. So I really don't know if he did, but oh gosh, all the terminology I learned about weed at this time too. My gosh. Um, <clears throat> everything was dank, dank this, dank that. Um, so 
Anyways, they come up with a proposition after I've made a couple of trips down there. And by the way, his friend Sam um, was a nice guy, but he was always the third wheel, unfortunately. And Eric had even asked, and I had a huge crush on Eric, but him and Sam had known each other since like junior high. They couldn't have been physically more different. Like Sam was probably like five, seven, um, just not, doesn't look anything like the cute you know, puppy dog eyes of Eric Cutter. He just, you know, it wasn't my type at all, but a super nice guy and fun to have around and not bad to have around as a third wheel to make things less, um, you know, intense between me and Eric. Cause I know he didn't really want a girlfriend at that time. He said he was dating somebody that he'd, the dog is still barking. Like I'm literally going to just keep it going. Cause if I get up, then I lose my track. So, um, Anyways, uh, yeah, he was dating some girl that he had known since high school. And so anything to do with me was super secretive. She couldn't find out cause she lived down that way, but she also had like a boyfriend still or so. I don't know. The whole thing was crazy. Oh my God. I can't stand it. Hold on. I just, li I literally can't stand it. Finn, Finn, come here. He's literally at the top of the stairs. It's dark right now in my house. He's literally at the top of the stairs barking at something at the bottom of the stairs, but the, I don't know what's down there because I don't know. He knows the cats. So, um, see, I lose my train of thought. Now I got to try to remember what I was talking about. Sam and okay, Eric. So, um, anyways, yeah, it was kind of good to have Sam there to break any kind of tension. Oh yeah. So Eric was dating another girl and I felt so torn about that because Eric was like, I don't want a girlfriend, but you know, you can totally hang here and we can have fun and we can party, but no girlfriends. I don't want to have, and he was telling me that this girl wasn't a girlfriend either. And he didn't want to hurt her either. It was just, she was like another, again, she was like the cheerleader type that I never was. So I thought, of course she has the upper hand and I'm just like, I should just feel lucky that I even get to hang out with this guy at all. Cause he's so much fun. So him and Sam make this proposition to me about a month into me knowing him, knowing <clears throat> um, that I had recently received some, a tax refund. Cause somehow that came up. I don't know. It was maybe $8,000. Remember it felt like a lot of money. And so he says to me that they're going to get kicked out of their place. Apparently the guy that owns the apartment knows about the weed. Now they tried to hide it. And he, the guy found out and he's giving them like s hardly any notice. They like need to get the F out of there. And they also couldn't afford to pay their rent anymore. So they come up with this grand idea of bringing the plants up here to my house, which is again, eight hours up, up North. Um, and that we'll figure it out here. Don't you have a space? We give it a lot of thought, um, about how we could do this. So what it comes down to is they need me to front, um, them the money that it will take to get the setup done. So there's like, you know, there's lights you have to buy, there's plant food, there's buckets, there's, um, you know, it, the whole, it's crazy. The, the lamps, the lights were a huge part of it. And also, um, the PG new PG knee bill, the energy bill that went along with those lights. So I, you know, I'm hesitant, hesitant. Come on, Jen. He goes, then I'd be there all the time. You'd see me all the time. I'd be living in your house. Like I could sleep in your bed with you, Jen. Like he literally said that. And I'm still like, 
uh, what am I doing? Like, I've got three kids that are living in this house. Like, this is not a good idea. But of course, I'm thinking of weeds also and thinking how badass this kind of feels. Oh, and of course, once the plants are grown and sold, anything that's made, I'll be paid back first. Um, and that um, then we'll split anything after that. So I agree to it. They said they'd even sign something. I think. <laughs> I almost remember that happening. So I finally agreed to it. I did not say yes right away. I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, but he kept sweet talking me and calling me and promising me like how much fun we were going to have with him being there all the time and, and all of that. So, and I kind of felt like, okay, I'm like saving him. Like this is, this is a good move. I'm saving him. I'm going to make money. He's going to give me all my money back. It's just a little risky for a small amount of time. Like I literally... I had to buy a lock for my bathroom or my, for my, well, I'm sitting in this closet right now where it happened, but I had to buy a lock for this closet because, um, I didn't want my kids coming in here, obviously. So they come in the dead of the night, like, because they had to drive down highway 101, basically in the middle of the night with, they were pulling all of the plants. They were all in buckets. They had to pull them on a, like a open bed trailer and then they were all covered with um, tarp. And so they, ha they had to constantly check it. They made it to the house. I'll, I'll never forget them driving up at like six in the morning. They're like, we're here. And um, they, had, they were so tired because they barely slept at all, all night trying to drive these plants very illegally um, <laughs> from San Clemente up to uh, Watsonville. And so um, they start working right away. They're like, we're not going to take a break until the setup is complete. Cause we don't want anything to go wrong with the plants. So they, we, we bring them all into the garage first and then, th oh, that happened that, yeah, it was still dark out when that happened. So we bring all the plants in the garage first and my closet was ready to go. I had gutted it. There was nothing in here. I had put everything in. I have a, I have a walk-in closet with a lot of clothes, a lot of boxes of stuff. I had managed to shove everything into my son's closet and some of the other closets in the house and just overpacked those closets. Um, I think I had stuff, stuff in the garage also just so that I could have this space completely empty for what was about to go down. So they get, uh, the plants in here. I, I, like I said, I think there was 18. All this was very illegal at the time. Now it's not at all, but it was very illegal at the time. Um, and we had to create like a ventilation system for the air to go out of. Plus they were saying like, we don't want your neighbors smelling it too. So I don't, I don't know. But anyways, they cut a hole in my ceiling here in this closet. And then, uh, I know we had like a big, like the thing that's on the back of the dryer, but it's the one that's even bigger in diameter hooked up in here. And that air was being funneled through the top of my closet here out of like into the attic. But I feel like it was going out beyond that as well. So anyways, we get all the plants in, we get the lights set up. They're pretty jazzed about the whole thing. And, um, anyways, the plants are growing. The smell is coming out from underneath the door. So the kids are asking why it smells in there. And I just said, I don't know. And they're asking why they can't go in there. And I'm just said, Oh, because Eric and Sam are staying here and they have some things that they brought that they just don't want anybody getting into, which was true. Um, and so for while they're here, there's just a lock on the door. That's all, you know, but just, uh, don't worry. Eventually they'll be going and this won't be on the door forever. So what happens is, is I, this whole time was very vague to me. I, all I remember is them getting here and then what happened three weeks later. I don't remember the in-between time at all. Like it doesn't even register in my brain. I don't remember 
anything. I think he did sleep in my bed. I do remember that. But I also remember him saying that he still didn't want a girlfriend. And so it was very confusing for me that I'm giving him my body. And I think Sam even said that's just bullshit that he's doing that to you because it's going to only mess you up that he's like taking advantage of you at night and then not giving you that kind of like what you want from him during the day, which was true. And I was I was feeling really bad. And Sam was a bit of a, like, I can confide in him because he knew Eric so well. And he had just said, you know, Eric's not, he's not good for you, Jan. You deserve so much better. Like, I remember him saying that. But he also had his own motives because he w had a crush on me. And so, um, and I remember Eric telling me that too. So about three weeks into the whole thing, or it could have been two weeks. Again, those dates are just not clear in my head. I do know, I feel like the whole thing lasted about three weeks. Um, Eric basically lost it. And he, he was having a hard time with everything. I mean, he had lost his whole family. Like I said, his wife and the kids, he hadn't seen his kids in a long time. And they were, you know, he had a set of twin girls. He had a girl just below that. And then a son was his youngest. And I know it was eating him alive. He said that was the reason he drank and smoked pot all the time was so that he didn't have to like, you know, he was numbing the pain. So anyways, something set him off or I don't even know what it was, but he just says, I gotta go. Jen, I'm leaving. I don't know what's going to happen with the plants or Sam or whatever, but I'm out. I got to go back to San Clemente. I need to sail or something like that. Like he knew somebody who had a boat and he needed to go get on that boat. He like needed to go chase his dream again, whatever that is. So he literally like, I'm like, you're kidding, right? And he goes, I am I am 100% not kidding. Like, I am leaving. And I remember just being devastated. As And I remember him driving off just being like, are you? You're really leaving. And I fell apart. I was so upset because here I did all of this for him. And I didn't know what it meant. Like, are you gonna still pay me back? Or, and is that the end of me and you ever hanging out again? Like, are you, you know, and of course me being new to like dating again and, just fragile about the whole thing. I would, of course, I'm like bending over to backwards to see what I can do to make him happy so that he won't leave because I don't want him to feel uncomfortable about anything. And so he, d he did, he left. And so, um, Sam and I had like one conversation with him and Sam was just telling him that just BS that he left and he left everything in Sam's hands. And, and I didn't know anything about the weed industry. So I couldn't have helped. I mean, I guess I could have, but I didn't want to, cause I was so mad about all of it. Um, you know, there was a whole process left still, and that was to cut all the plants up and then sell it. So Sam ends up staying in my house and, um, and my kids are just like, <laughs> Why, why is Sam still here if Eric's not here? Well, um, he's not going to stay long. But here, Sam's not telling me where he's going or what he's doing. And he, they don't have an apartment anymore. Um, they don't have anything down in San Clemente anymore. And um, I, I know Sam's family lived in San Jose. And I honestly, I don't even know where he went to tell you the truth. But his daughters, he had, he had twin daughters, ironically. So weird. They're like high school friends. I think they'd known each other like even as children. And they both had twins. But they both had a set of twin girls. Like, that's weird. Um, but anyway, Sam was kind of in a similar place where he wasn't, he'd had enough trouble with alcohol that he wasn't allowed to really be around his kids at that time. And I mean, look at me. I'm like hanging out with um, 
two um, really upstanding dudes, but you know, I got myself in this pickle basically. And I, I was just trying to figure out how to get out of it the best way possible. Mostly at this point, I was heartbroken because I really thought something more was going to come of me lending my house to him. And um, you know, feeling like he was going to think I was just such a savior and she's the best person ever. And it just backfired and I was heartbroken. And, um, so I was left with that. I just, you know, that hurt a lot, but also now I'm financially in, you know, the red by $2,500 that cost $2,500 that I helped them out with to help pay for a partial rent. Um, um, I guess it like went five days into the next period or whatever. And then I also paid for all of the, you know, the lights and the, my PG&E bill that month was over $400, like 450 bucks, which looks really, really, really effing weird when normally it's around, you know, a hundred and then all of a sudden it's tripled. So I don't, I was really concerned that I would be, uh, that PG&E would alert somebody, uh, about the high, you know, power bill that month. I really was panicked about it because I, I do not need to lose my kids. Like I literally left my marriage because I was concerned about my kids being around somebody who had a drinking problem. Like I don't want to look like the bad mom and like have them taken away because I'm doing something illegal like this. Um, so, but I was honestly trying to find a way to make additional money. And so I thought, okay, well, it'll be an investment and I'll get that money back and then I will make money on top of it. So Eric leaves, we're left with the plants. Um, Sam is left to, um, what do you call it? Trim plants. And, um, I don't know how long this process took. It might've been a week. I don't know, but I just remember he was constantly cutting, cutting, cutting. And there was 18, 20 plants, something like that. And then he'd like this, you guys know, there's like this stuff that comes off that they roll it up into like a little ball and it's sticky. And it's really, um, it's really extra strong, I think. And I just remember him like, Oh, like being so proud of that, like this, it just looked disgusting to me. I'm like, that just looks gross. And you want to smoke that? Like I wasn't into weed. I didn't like the way it made me feel at all. So I wasn't impressed by this leftover residue shit that I know you guys are all probably know the name of it, but, and I will know when I look it up later, but I don't have access to my phone cause I'm recording myself with my phone. So I can't look stuff, stuff up. Um, and I don't feel like looking it up on the internet, but anyways, yeah, he was really impressed by this stuff. It looked like snot to me, honestly. And, and, and it just is a reminder of like that whole period and how mad I was about it. But anyways, so Sam and I, we don't, Eric just says, it's, it's all up to you guys. I'm out. Like, I'm just out. Like you guys can do whatever you want with the plants. I'm out of this whole endeavor. I don't want to be part of it. I'm going back down to San Clemente and I'm going to go, who knows, chase whatever. So yeah, he ends up living on someone's boat for a while, but um, that's a whole nother story. So Sam, has this great plan that we'll go over to San Jose. Of course he has no car. So I have to drive over there. We'll go over to San Jose. It's an hour away and he's going to hit up some of his, um, his old friends to see if they want to buy some weed. That's, that's the plan. That was the plan to do all of this, to have absolutely nobody to sell it to, you know, and talking to some people that have sold weed in the past, why we didn't sell this to dispensaries, I do not know why. Clearly, they didn't know anything about selling weed. They knew nothing. So we go over to San Jose with all this weed in my car. I think it was in the trunk, but of course my car smelled to high heaven. You cannot like make that smell 
dissipate or conceal it. You know, there's, it's just too much. And I don't know, I don't remember, we didn't bring all of it, obviously, but we brought some. So we go and this was the, this was how it went down. Like Sam, it was nighttime. I remember him getting out of my car and they going, Oh yeah. Like go to this guy's house. So like we draw, I said, do you even know, like, where are we going? Are, is anyone expecting us? Are you just guessing? So like we did go to like three places where he knew where someone might be home. And like one lady answers the door and she's got like little kids and he's like, yeah, so-and-so home. And she's like, no, he's not back from work yet. And he's like, okay, well, I was just, you know, stopping by. I got a little weed. No one see if he wants to buy a little bit. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll have him call you Sam or whatever. And then I remember going up to this one guy who was, had his garage open and I, um, it was getting colder. I feel like this was around November time. I don't know, somewhere around there. It was definitely colder. And I remember just being like so annoyed that Sam's having this conversation with this old friend, neighbor, whatever, trying to figure out how to like ask him, but he hasn't actually done it yet. He's just like making small talk with him. And I'm like, dude, do you not realize how weird it is that we just drove up out of nowhere and it's like nighttime and this guy just happened to be in his garage doing whatever. And you like come up and you just start talking to him. Like you might want to get to the point, um, why we're here. And so he finally like, Hey, I've got some like, you know, whatever they call it, ganja. I don't know. They probably use different terms, but anyways, got some 420, buddy. You want to buy some? Not one person bought anything from us. Although I think we only talked to five people. <laughs> Nobody bought any weed. And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. I was so pissed. I'm like, you literally have no one else you can sell this to. Jen, I just, I can't think of anybody. I'm like, what was this all about? Like, what, what just happened? So I don't even remember where all of it went. I have no idea. Oh, that's right. Ooh, something's coming back to me. We went somewhere. I can't remember. I, there is a place that we went and we might have unloaded some of it there and I just wanted to get rid of it. Oh, it, it it's like in the tip of my brain somewhere because I can kind of see the place where we were at. It was someone's house and I feel like there was, um, there was drug use happening at that time in that house. There was definitely some crazy shit going on. I feel like the guy that lived there was a little like kooky. Like I wanted to get the hell out of there. But I think Sam felt like we could get rid of it there. Again, I don't really remember exactly what happened. I think something about us spending the night there too. And I was like, I want to just go home. It was a night I didn't have my kids, but I just wanted to go home. Maybe I left Sam there. Something bigger happened there, but it, nothing bad or anything. But it just like, I think that was more of like um, the conclusion to it at that place. It was somewhere over in San Jose, a friend of his. But anyways, I think I left Sam there. I said, it's time for me to go. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. So, um, and I think he was like, um, feeling like he wanted to stay longer. I will say Sam and I had one night where we did do it. We did. And I, and I did it, I think to just make Eric mad because Eric found out about it. I think we, we even rubbed it in his face. It's sad. I really did use Sam and I was also in pain about losing Eric. I was hurting. So I was looking for some comfort and we drank a little bit one night and yeah, we did. We, we did it. And, um, Eric found out about it and he was just so mad. He said he'd never talk to me again and all that. Well, guess what? <laughs> Not only did he talk to me again, he moved in again and he gave me HIV. So I, uh, yeah, I thought the weed story was kind of fun because not fun, but just more of a backstory as to how everything went down 
two and a half years when we first, prior to us getting back together as a, as a real couple, but how things went down between us and why we stopped talking. Uh, I was livid about all of that stuff. He was mad about Sam. And then Sam told me later um, when he found out that I was talking to Eric again, because we were all kind of, I think I reached out to him. I said, you're never going to believe who got in touch with me. Well, apparently they had made up, but then some shit went down in LA between them because Sam went back down there and they, um, I, th it got bad. Like, um, the police were called and I don't know, they said they never talked to each other again. I think they got in a physical fight and, um, they never, they both were talking so badly about each other at that point when I was kind of starting to talk to Eric again. And I didn't want to talk badly about either one, but Sam did tell me in those early conversations that you should be careful about Eric because he's been in LA doing a bunch of like shady shit. He's been doing drugs. He's been doing meth. He's been sleeping with trannies. The word on the street is he's sleeping with trannies. That those were his words, Sam's words to me. Um, and he could, he could even have HIV. I would be careful. So when I share that stuff with Eric, he goes off like that. Sam's a piece of shit. He doesn't, he had a million and 10, you know, million and one things to tell me about all the stuff that Sam had done wrong. And so they were both like had a list of things that the other one had done to the other one and how they were both giant pieces of shit. And so of course I'm siding with Eric because I'm attracted to Eric and I was curious to see him again. And he was sweet talking to me and saying, I looked through your Facebook, John, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I was so stupid back then. I'd really love to see you again. At least just meet me for dinner, you know, and like, let's just see each other and, you know, we can go from there and I would, but it would be so great to see you. And that's basically how it all got started again in and I had just ended a relationship with someone that I'd been with for two and a half years. And he, um, was quite a bit younger than me. And I, I was just part of me felt like, you know what? I don't need you. You know, you've, you, it, that's a long story, but this person didn't want me to ever talk about my kids. Cause he knew it could never have kids with him. And he was a lot younger. So we always knew that the relationship was basically temporary. And so there were like stipulations to us being together. And then after a while, I was just like, you know, I, I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this anymore anyway. So, um, anyway, uh, it was kind of fun to have this new boyfriend who was, you know, taller than me. This other guy that I dated for two and a half years was a lot shorter than me. And like, so he, he saw us out downtown Santa Cruz, me and Eric. And I was excited. Like I was with this tall, really good looking dude. And, um, you know, this was a guy from my past who came back to like, basically, you know, take me as his own. And it was what I was, and he loved my kids and he wanted to be around my kids. There was no hiding my kids. So, you know, a lot of those things felt really good after being with somebody who was so much younger, who didn't understand my lifestyle and all of that. So, um, yeah, so he came back and <sighs> Sam was right. <laughs> he either had HIV then, or he contracted it while he was living here in my house. And I, cause I don't know what he was doing out during the day when I was working and he had access to my car. So he easily, easily could have been doing, um, shady shit. Cause I don't feel like his fascination ended with him just saying that everything was in the past and drug related. I, I don't believe that that was the case. I think he was definitely still by curious. And, um, I think that, yeah, some stuff might've happened while he was here because he was really fascinated with this area, um, here in Watsonville called Vista Point. And I filmed it yesterday on my IG story and somebody was saying, Oh, those like where I live are every two miles. And everyone's aware that, that you know, there's condoms everyone everywhere. And everyone's aware that this is like a hookup spot which I just like, it's crazy to me. Like, and not that it's bad that men want to have sex, but, um, 
or that they even want to have sex in secret with men. But as you guys know, it's like my, my, my big concern or like, I guess my big, the big shock to all that is I don't think many women know that, that their men are doing that. That's one thing. And then secondly, is that, you know, I don't think that they're protecting their women from HIV. So I always want to put a sign up there that says, you know, don't bring HIV home to your wives and girlfriends. But you know, I just look like such a Debbie Downer. I know someone will just rip it down immediately. But yeah, these these places definitely exist all over the place. And I don't think many women are aware of it. It's very discreet. Like there's, you would not know. All you see are cars that are pulling up in this parking lot. It's always men. It's always just one man getting out of the car. They walk up these stairs. And um, I know when Eric lived here, he wanted to go by there one night and just see what it was like. So we walked up together as a couple and like every five feet, there was a man in the shadows and they're making like little clicky sounds, little whistle sounds. And we just ignored all of them because we were just wanting to see what it was all about. And, um, I think, yeah, that was his way of getting to see what it was about. But I think, um, he might've gone back, you know, without me. And my girlfriend said that she saw his car up there one time when she was passing by on the freeway and I questioned him right away and he said that he had been there but that he would never ever jeopardize any kind of public indecency like being arrested or anything because he knew that that would affect him seeing his kids and I fully believed it but I still don't know that you know he didn't contract HIV here only because he said he tested negative in Long Beach before we ever got back together. And so he was pretty certain he was negative. He said the test was negative. He said, if you want me to test again, I can. And I just had told him, well, if you think it's negative, then let's just go with that. It's fine. You know, and I didn't push it because I believed what he told me and I didn't, and he had no money and I knew that I'd have to pay for the HIV test. And I didn't know at the time what that would cost. I, I really thought it was probably a hundred dollars. And I thought, Hey, if he said it's negative, it's negative. I'm not going to worry about it. So yeah, that was, that was uh hindsight is 2020, obviously. So, um, we could, but maybe he was negative still. <laughs> he might've been again, he might've gotten it while he was here. Okay, guys, I think it is time for me to wrap this up. I went well over an hour. So I hope you enjoyed my weeds story. Um, I wish I had the same um, results that she had in her show, but I did not. I walked away with nothing, jack shit, and it really sucked. So anyways, learn from me. Don't make the same mistakes. Okay, guys, have a great week, and um, I'll be back soon. Love you guys. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.